All right, everyone, welcome back to the MMA OB Daily Podcast. It is Monday, January 9th, 2023. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, joined by my co-host here on Mondays, Mr. Big Marcel. Marcel, we're back for the podcast. Finally, a good UFC card to preview, man. I mean, it's been, what, over a month now, I want to say? Like, or almost a month, I guess. Kander's streaming card was like 17th, I want to say, so like three weeks, I guess. You know, nice nice little off-season, but like, I missed the fights. I'm glad we're back. <laughs> so, how's everything? Yeah, everything's good, right? but why do we have a two weeks, another break, a week break, weekend break? You know what I mean? I know. After after the Brazil cards. I don't know, man. And then you got that weird-ass time for, for the February 4th card, so... Uh, I think normalcy will probably be back around March. I don't know, or half February. Yeah, I have no idea, man. And uh, this whole week is fucked up with MMA, stupid MMA news, man. So I don't know what what's happening right now. But uh, yeah, for me, everything is going going to go good, go well. You know, it's uh, yeah. I was still still working, you know, but it's not like as hectic as normally. But uh, probably will go back at normal right right now this week. So uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's just crazy. I, you, I think there's a break because like the NFL playoffs. That's my guess. Like the one possible, up, but we'll see. Anyways, yeah, but, you're right. There's a lot of news, but we'll, we're going to preview but, the the card today. Anyways, go ahead. But Europe don't give a fuck, so they could have done yeah. a European European card, for example. You know, absolutely. But, uh, what do you think about the starting time for February fourth? You know, I mean, so is it ten p.m. Eastern. Yeah, man. And this is bad. Now I have to watch prelims at four a.m. and seven a.m. is the main card over here, man. Ugh. That completely sucks. Yeah, it's, that's uh, ideal. I'll just say that. We got some people in the chat. You got Glenn. What's going on, man? We got Jamie. What's up, Jamie? Glad to have you guys in the chat. So, like I said, we'll preview UFC Vegas sixty-seven. This one, and we'll, Marcel, we're going to do a, a short podcast after, just doing some predictions, right? We're, we're yeah, talking sure. about that. So we'll do that Always after. Fun. Always fun. And probably take some like uh, questions and talk about like some of the news then. But I want to just preview the card here. So let's get into it, Marcel. Let's start with uh, just your overall thoughts on this card, UFC Vegas sixty-seven, first card of twenty twenty-three. What's your overall thoughts? Hey, man, I thought at first when I saw the car, I was like, what a fucked up lineup, you know? And I mean that in the way of uh, how they build it, you know? Like uh, the, uh, certain fights that were on the prelims should definitely be on the main card. And I think right now it's justified where the prelims and the main card is, you know? I think the fights that should be on the main card that weren't before, the first two main card fights are now on the main card, they should be there, you know? Definitely, listen, man, that... Uh, I understand maybe the fight Catelyn Vieira Raquel Pennington isn't really appealing to the fans or whatever, you know, but it's a number two contender against the number five or number six. So it's basically if Catelyn wins, it can be number one contender, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's you gotta have that on the main card, in my opinion. And overall, it's a fun card, you know. Imav of Gaslam, I think when it was supposed to happen, I think Gaslam was still in front of Imavov, right? In in the rankings. And when they announced actually the poster, Imavov crawled over. Gaslam, yeah, and now it's Imav of Gaslam, so it's kind of weird. Like, now you have like uh, a, a new contender fighting a guy, uh, established guy, but he's under him in the ranking, so it's really weird. I don't think that was supposed to be. I think the Ige against Jackson fight is amazing. You got Ige who has to defend the spot against Jackson, who's on a great run in the UFC right now. Uh, and overall, I mean, Umar Barcelos is a great fight, uh, and you got the banger. Feature prelim with Claudio Ribeiro and Abdul Razak Al Hassan, both guys 100% finish ratio, all by knockout, you know. So that's an amazing fight. That 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 has knockout written over over it all, you know. So uh yeah, so some good bangers. And I'm looking forward to Basharat as well against Mendonca with a real good you know like Tanner series uh, uh showing. Rebeski is fighting. So overall, good fight, a good fight card. The only thing 
that kind of sucks is that we lost Shafkat against Jeff Neal. You know, that was an amazing fight. Yeah. and uh, But thank God they got rebooked. So Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, let's get into it. We've got some other comments here. What's up, Patrick? Everyone sleep on Evolve because they're on his Buckley. I, I agree with that. We'll talk about that fight in, a, in a, well, probably like 40 minutes from now. Mm-hmm. Losing Shafkat and Neil Herb installs all card. Yeah, I'm just glad we've got fights back, right? Like, it means it's been so long. All right, let's get into it, guys. So we'll start <laughs> off with the first fight here, Marcel, in the UFC women's. Uh, flyweight division. We got Priscilla Cachoeira taking on Sajara Eubanks. Odds minus 200 Eubanks plus 170 on Cachoeira. Uh, who's your pick? Yeah, this is a difficult one, man. This is typically striker versus grappling kind of fight, you know? And I think if Cachoeira can keep it standing, she can win the fight. But the thing is, I think Eubanks can get it to the ground, you know? And then Cachoeira is in trouble. If you look at Cachoeira's last couple of fights, you know, she she lost her, or she won her last two fights. That Ji Young Kim fight, I still think she lost that fight. You know, she got the win there, but I think she lost the fight. She won against Ariana Lipsky. I really like Lipsky, but let's be really honest. Lipsky hasn't showed in the UFC yet, despite that uh, nasty knee bar against Luana Carolina, I can remember. So... Uh, if you look at Eubanks, Eubanks is also really like sometimes she does well and sometimes she don't. She did well against Elise Reed, but she pretty much outstrength her, I think. Uh, and, and other other fights she lost against Catlin Vieira, against Melissa Gatto and Penny Kianzat. Although those are really decent and pretty good fighters, you know. And she got a win over Julia Avila, which I didn't expect she got. So it's difficult, you know. If you look at how... Uh, uh, definitely the 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 thing how do you say that um uh the the momentum is in favor of Cachoeira, obviously you know she has won our last two fights uh last one with stoppage e- e- even so but Eubanks wrestling can be a big problem for Cachoeira, in my opinion you know and if she doesn't knock out Eubanks, i think she got decisions so i've been leading towards Cachoeira. But I'm going to switch. I'm going to Eubanks, dude. I think Eubanks can decision her, you know? So it's either you're going with a stoppage for Cachoeira or you're going with a decision win for Eubanks, I think. I think this is a close fight, man, to be really honest. And it's really difficult because you got striker versus grappler here. I mean, I agree with your breakdown, basically. Like, and I think it's striker grappler, too. Just depends on, like you said, who could implement their game plan. Mm-hmm. I just haven't been impressed with Eubanks lately, man. Like, I think she's I really struggled, you know? And a few years ago, I, I would have easily picked her in this fight, but like now, I Cassiaware, like you said, has the momentum coming in this fight. One, four, five, three knockouts in that time look better, like in general. Um, and Eubanks, I think, is fading a little bit too. Eubanks is also, I mean, they're not, they're neither of them are young, um, but Eubanks is 37, you know, she's getting up there now too. You know, Marcel, like I just, I think this fight, like you said, is, is pretty close and. Plus 170 underdog here. I'll take the dog, man. I'm going to go with Cachoeira. I think she can knock her out, man. I really do. Um, so, I, again, it will depend on the fight. Can, uh, she can keep the fight on the feet. If she can, I think she wins. If she gets taken down, then she'll probably get grinded up for a decision. I, I can't blame you for picking uh, Eubanks in that case, but I'll take an underdog. Marcel start off 2023. Take Cachoeira. Glenn's saying it's at 125 in Shredog, 135 in Typology. According to uh, UFC stats, it's 125. Is that correct, Marcel? 125? I'm going to check. I'm going to check. All right, cool. Hi, what's up, man? Glad to have you here in the chat. We've also got Antoine here in the chat. Glad to have you here, man. Joe says he likes Cachoeira and Me too. Uh, Antoine's asking about the main event. Do you think it should be like... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't mind if this like this kind of main event needs involved in, in Gaston. Like, it's... Like, the win, Especially if it's Emilov that wins, right? Like, that... It's like a good stepping stone for him, and... and it, you know, it's a main event, five round experience too. So I, I like those kind of fights. I mean, obviously, it'd be nice to have top five fights, but what were you gonna say? One twenty-five. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
Okay. So I'm the next fight. It on, I'm going to change it right away on topology. <laughs> there you go. Let's go to the next fight here, guys. We've got Jimmy Flick making his UFC return against Charles Johnson, the UFC flyweight division, men's flyweight division. Charles Johnson minus 340, Jimmy Flick plus 280. Um, while Marcel's doing that, I'll just give my thoughts on the fight, I guess, and then you can talk, Marcel, after you finish uh, updating cool. that. I did. Oh, you did? Okay, so go ahead, then, if you want. <laughs> I, I'm quick, dude. I'm quick. <laughs> as long as I don't have to run, I'm quick. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jimmy Flick against Charles Johnson. Crazy line movement, dude. I mean, yeah. I think James Lynch uh, posted that last week, or he retweeted it from somebody. I don't know who posted it anymore. Yeah. Um, also, it doesn't really make sense to me, you know? I understand that Jamie Flick has been away for some time. He, he, he went into retirement. He came back. But that doesn't mean the skills are gone. You know what I mean? So it's kind of weird. And Charles Johnson, if you will really be hard on him on this one, you know, he fought two times in the UFC, uh, lost to, to uh, Muhammad Mokayev in his debut, uh, got pretty much out, out grappled in that one, you know. And the second fight against Jalka Sumagulov, I think he lost that fight as well, you know. And no disrespect to Charles Johnson. I think he's a decent fighter, but I think he didn't want that fight, you know. So... Before that, he got some good wins, dude. I mean, he looked good in LFA. Uh, beautiful knockout over Carlos Moda and one of the best fights of LFA in that year when he fought him. It was, I think it was early, early 2022, actually. So it was last year. Um, Jimmy Flick, yeah, it's hard to say where he is right now, you know. I think Jimmy Flick looked really good in the Contender Series where he uh, finished Nate Smith. And back then, Nate Smith was undefeated, was also a big prospect in the flyweight division. Um, then... What what fighting Cody Durden, beautiful flying triangle choke in the first round. So Jimmy Flick, I really like him, man. He's really fun to watch, definitely on the ground. Um man, how can I not pick him with plus three and three fifty here? You know, I think that, that line is crazy to me. I think it should be much, much even. Listen, man, let's say do a plus plus one twenty plus one twenty five to Jimmy Flick and minus one twenty five, minus one thirty to Johnson because he's more active. But I don't think it would be that kind of a big of a change, you know. So I'm thinking Flick here. I think he wins. I think he wins a decision. Uh, fun fight overall. Flyweight's always fun to watch. And uh, I think uh, I'm taking Jimmy Flick here, man. I mean, I can't blame you. And, like, talking about the the, the uh, line movement, the odds open at minus 134 for Johnson, right, and plus 114 mm. for, for Flick. Basically what you just suggested it should have been. And then there was some early money that came in on Johnson. The line went to like minus 500. I don't think there's any funny business going on. Like I know some people suggested that. And, and obviously James got some shit from the, uh, yeah. the MMA gambling community. We've talked about that in the Discord. Um, I don't think there's like a funny business like the Derek Winter fight or anything like that. But, you know, I, I do think there was some big early money that came in on Charles Johnson. Because, uh, you know, Marcel, I, I do think people are fading Jimmy Flick because of the layoff. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. He hasn't fought in over two years. That's why I can't pick him here. Because I, I really like Jimmy Flick. Like, I, I think he's a awesome fighter to watch amazing submissions like i really enjoy watching the guy fight but i can't pick a guy coming off that kind of a layoff against a guy like johnson who has been active he fought twice last year in the ufc he had that lfa fight like you said <clears throat> he hasn't looked great in the ufc but like you know he looked he looked okay against juma uh, his last fight he looked decent um wasn't like a fight that you know was convincing win by any means but he looked decent in that fight and then makayev he didn't get dominated either he got taken down a lot but didn't get submitted or anything the guy finishes pretty much everyone so uh, yeah, I gotta go with Johnson here, Marcel, by decision. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking happens here. But uh, I'm not. I wouldn't bet minus. No, it's minus three forty now. Lines bouncing a little bit, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that bet personally. Get some more comments here. What's up, John? How's it going, man? Glad to have you back. Yeah, we talked about the the money there. Um, 
says you have Gaethje. He's really in the works. There's a fake news. I mean, that's a fight that's been rumored for a while. I have no idea, though. Much so, on. yeah, that fight's going to happen on March 4th or March 18th. So it's awesome. either it's either Las Vegas or it's it's London. One of the fucking two. awesome, fucking awesome. Hopefully, hopefully it's a five round fight. I mean, that's 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 the hope. Yeah. Such a big swing suggests some injury news. I don't know. I don't know, Glenn. I just think big money came in on, on Johnson early. It's bouncing out a little bit now. It's not minus 500 anymore, but you never know. I mean, I wouldn't touch the fight either way. <laughs> James Cross must be betting this line. Yeah, from his from his prison cell. No, I'm kidding. He's on he's on jail yet. Um, yeah, exactly. Jimmy flicked an interview with Alex Bahuna. I don't know if Alex is in the chat today, but he, he said he's fine. He he said he didn't understand the line movement either. So and that's what Antoine's talking about. The the uh the, the line's I, I wouldn't bet it. You know, I don't and Marcel, you picked uh flick, right? So I don't blame you at all. What's up, Joe? How's it going, man? Glad to have you back in the chat as well, man. All right. <clears throat> Go to the next fight here, Marcel. We've got Dan the Determined Argueta against Isaac Bulgarian. And this is a UFC uh, featherweight fight. Odds for this one have uh, Argueta minus 180, Bulgarian plus 155. Your thoughts on this one? So it kind of sucks this fight is not on the main card because if the, there was a media scrum, I would have wondered if Cubs Swanson would do the media for Dan Argueta here. Um, so, yeah, it's 145. You know, actually, Argueta is normally, I think, fighting at 135. He made his debut at 145, but that was short notice. And uh, what I've heard is that they told, I think they told Dan, like, you got to take this fight because we have nothing else for you at 135 right now or something. So he took this fight, uh, fighting Isaac Dulgarian. Dulgarian is the, the, the full sand guy, right? Uh, he got the sponsorship or whatever. He he won that. Uh, he won a fight against TJ Britton, where he got it for in uh, February of last year. It's already more o- almost a year ago, man. That that he won that. Um, Argata, I think he he came back pretty well in the Damon Jackson fight. You know, although he lost the fight, he did pretty well, and I, he did better than I expected at 145 against Damon Jackson. If you look at Isaac Dulgarian, I like what I've seen so far, but we also have to take in consideration his for his first four opponents. Didn't have a winning a winning record. They were one one two two, you know. And this last win of over TJ Britton, who has a positive record, is already a guy who's forty years old. So it's really difficult to 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 know where he is right now. You know, he's still only twenty six, so he's still young. But uh, th- th- that's really difficult for me. You know, Dan Argeta has already fought better opposition, in my opinion. So for me, is like I I, th- I think. Dulgarian is decent, you know, but I don't have too much, uh, how do you say that? Um, confidence, faith. Confidence in picking him, you know, because I haven't seen him fought better opposition. I think that Argueta is definitely the best guy he's, he's fought so far, okay. or if he's going to fight. Um, yeah, I'm taking Dan. I'm taking a decision win here for Dan. Going to play the little safe here. Yeah, I, I I guess I'll have to pick him too, just because, like you said, like, I think the competition is better. He, he was on Ultimate Fighter, obviously. He did I think he looked pretty good in, in the show. Mm-hmm. He fought Damon Jackson and went to decision with him too. Like it, it wasn't the worst performance, honestly. No. And I think it was short notice. I want to say too, he didn't yeah, do yeah. that bad. He got taken down a lot, but like didn't get submitted against the guy who submits like a lot of people. Um, and like you said, you know, obviously training with Cub and, and everything. Though Gary, it, to me, he's kind of like a question marker. I mean, he he could win the fight, Marcel. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked Definitely. if he won. It's kind of he's kind of a wild card, right? Like he's only got mm-hmm. five fights. Obviously, got signed off the show. Um, I think he's the full sand fighter guy, right? So yeah, yes, yeah. So I mean, he's a little—he's pretty young. He's only twenty-six. Like, there, there's some things to like about him here, but like, I honestly, I just don't know enough about him to pick him confidently here in the spot. So, like you, I'll take Argueta by, by decision. That's, that's what I'm thinking happens. But 
it's not a fight that I'm super confident in either way, personally. And yeah, he was a Gloria May guy. He's probably training with Trey Ogden, I'm guessing. All those guys, they went to that yeah. camp. Yeah. Ray Argate is belly move up. This is what hype saying. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that as well. Um, early predictions for Gaethje Fiziev. I mean, honestly, Antoine, I have I have to think about it, but Fiziev has been looking great lately. I'll just say that. I love Gaethje. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Kind of a tough one for you to pick, personally. All right, let's go to the next fight, Marcel. We got Alan Nascimento against Carlos Hernandez, UFC flyweight division. A lot of flyweight fights on this card. Yeah. Uh, odds on this one: Nascimento minus three forty-five, Carlos Hernandez plus two eighty-five. Your thoughts? Yeah. So um, let's start with Carlos Hernandez. His last two fights, two split decisions against Danny Barras in contender series, and an Altamirano fight where. You pick Hernandez, I pick Altamirano, and it was super close. I think, <laughs> uh, like we said, we both—I think we both said split decision on the, yeah. on the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, and pretty it was much. A split. Yeah, it was yeah. Super close. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, he's fighting Alan Nascimento, and Alan Nascimento—he came to UFC losing a split to Tagir Ulambekov in a fight he he maybe could have won. You know, it was a close fight as well. You know, and Ulambekov had the uh, had more of the top position, but I think Nascimento did more damage, but. He lost that fight, but he looked he looked immense against Jake Hatley, dude. Um, completely dominated him, and I didn't expect that to be honest, man. Because Jake Hatley, pretty big prospect coming from Europe, you know, but he had nothing for Alan Nascimento. Was surprised there actually. Um, that said, Nascimento has impressed me more than Carlos Hernandez did. I think Carlos Hernandez is a good fighter. Don't get me wrong, but what I've seen so far from Nascimento, he, he's been he's been impressive to me. Although he got that loss in his, in his record on his record against Tagir, um, I'm thinking Nascimento. Here. I think he he wins the decision. I think he probably goes with the grappling again, and uh, I think he wins. So for me, Alan Nascimento. Decision. Hey, I'm I, I'm confident he wins this fight. Like I, I feel good about him here, Marcel. Way more experience, better, a great camp, obviously with uh, Deep Bronx and those guys. I think he's looked good in the UFC. You know, I think he's looked really good. Um, he Hadley, that's that win looks really nice now, especially after Hadley looked great in his last fight. Um, the Tajir fight was very close. He could have won that fight. The Paiva fight on Contender was a great fight too. I mean, I think the guy's good. He's experienced. Fernandez, oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. The, the Paiva fight was also really good. Yeah, it was yeah. a Brazilian contender series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Hernandez, like, I don't know, like, I he's got the split decision win. I, I did predict that one, and I don't know. I just think he's just an average fighter. Like, I don't see anything special yeah. about his game personally. I think Nascimento can grapple him here and, and win the fight. I'm pretty confident he wins this fight, Marcel. That's why the odds are high. I think most people are confident he wins. I think he's a guy that if you like doing a parlay, you could put him in it. I, I think he, I think he wins this fight. So. Nasty mental by probably by decision. Uh, that's thinking decision. Is that what you said? Yeah, decision. Yeah, maybe a submission. You could possibly submit him. All right, let's go to the next fight here. We got Madeus Mendonca against Javid Basharat. This is a really good fight. I mean, I think this could be on the main card. This is a banaway fight. Basharat minus three fifty, Mendonca plus two ninety. What do you think about those odds? Who's your who's your pick? I understand the odds, but. Because Mendonca, most people only saw him fight on a container series, you know. And Basharat is a big talent, you know. But Mendonca is good as well. He also got the win over uh, Dana White's friend, Pedro Nogra. Um, so uh, that's a re I refer to uh, Pedro Nogra one UFC fight where we got uh, in the no contest against Alcantara, yeah. I think. And uh, Dana was so upset by that because he was really feeling he was milking it, and yep. he cut him immediately from the promotion. Um, yeah, Mendonca, 
I really liked him what I saw Katana series and before as well, future future MMA in Brazil. He looked really good. So it's like difficult because Basharat, I'm really high on Javid Basharat, also on Farid Basharat. Those both both brothers are really good. So the thing here is like, what are we gonna see here? I think Basharat might use his uh, his grappling in this one, you know. Although I think Mendonca doesn't have bad grappling, I feel like uh, Basharat uh, can win here if he fights smart, you know. If he leaves openings, Mendonca can knock him out as well, you know. But I think Basharat fights smart and gets to decision, man. That's what I expect. But it's a close fight. Can everything can happen? And it's a fun one, like you say, man. That's uh, this is an underrated fight on this card. I think the odds are just way off on this fight. Like I, I don't agree. I like I like Basharat. Don't get me wrong. I've been picking his fights, but minus three fifty. I I don't I don't really understand it. Like Mendonca is really good, man. What are you gonna say? I, I understand it from a perspective of fans betting on Basharat because they only saw Mendonca maybe on the contender series only, or they didn't saw him at all so far. You know, they see right. him as a newcomer. But if you look into it more deeper, then it should be much more closer. I think. <sighs> I'm kind of going back and forth on this one, man. And honestly, like mm -hmm. the odds are really tempting me to take this guy. I, I, I guess I'll pick him. I mean, why not? Like, I think he's really good. He's super young. He's 23. Super talented. He looked amazing in Contender Series. Again, Basharad's good too. Like, this is not an easy fight to pick. But like, talking about like the odds, are, like the implied win probability of Basharad's like what, like 75 percent here? I, I don't really agree with that. To me, it's much more competitive fight than that. Mendonca. I was super impressed, Marcel. He's another guy from the Duke Bronx camp, right? Shoot a box. Um, I remember doing the tape study for this guy before Contender. I thought he looked great on mm -hmm. uh, the regional scene in Brazil, and then he looked amazing in Contender Series. I guess Basharat's fought a slightly better competition, like like Gravely. But even Gravely, like, it wasn't like it was a blowout. It was kind of a struggle in that fight. It was pretty close, you know? Gravely's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'd be surprised this guy won, no, but... I guess the odds are tempting me to take the other guy. I'll, I'll take my Donaldson myself for an upset pick. There will be a few upsets on this card. Not all the favorites will win. I think this one is one that the uh, the dog can win. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's get some comments here, guys. <clears throat> What's up, Juan? How's it going, man? Glad to have you here. Um, crazy Pato. Bright Okmo toward 18-year-old Emery Porter. Gaethje Fizia is the fight. Uh, UFC and Fizz want, but Justin don't want it. Well, Marcel's saying it's going to happen, so... It's like uh, they're they working on for such a long time. They just don't have the date yet in March, but um, we'll see. You know, you got to, of, of course, you have to have the other, the FD uh, signatures first under the contract before something is official, you know? So yep. it's only official until it's official, you know? Yeah. Let's go some more comments here. Juan thinks they've been not to go in. I think so too. Joe likes uh password. Me too. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> Glenn's talking about the experience. Yeah, that's definitely in Basharat's favor, no doubt. But again, that's probably why the odds are so high in his favor. Patrick also thinks about Don Zikwin. So a few people kind of uh, are same page, I guess, as me. I, I don't know. Like, again, I wouldn't be surprised either way on this fight. Like, I just think the odds are way off. Kind of like mm -hmm. Marcel with the Flick and Johnson fight. Marcel, it's like the same with that fight, right? Yeah. Like, the odds are just kind of crazy. Now, let's go to the next fight here. I mean, I don't, I don't think the odds are crazy for this one, to be honest with you. I think they're, uh, they're bang on, even though they're pretty high. But uh, we got... Um, where is it? Uh, Mateusz uh, Rebecki, Rebecki minus 700 against Nick Fiore plus 510. And uh, Marcel, I'll just say this right now Fiore has two wins over our boy Jay Ellis. I mean, like, the guy has what six fights, six fights in his career. He's been approached since 2020, and two of the wins are over Jay Ellis. Like, come on, 
you know, back-to-back wins over Jay Ellis. Like, he submitted him, and then eight months later, knocked him out. Like, they had to do a rematch. <laughs> I don't really get it. Um, I, I mean, to me, like, I'm honestly even surprised this guy's in the UFC. Like, I know his, he's got a good record, but, like, the guys he's fighting are basically all sub-500 fighters, including, again, Jay Ellis, who is, his record is 16-106 and 106 now. Holy shit, he's been losing like crazy. Jay Ellis is – oh, man, he lost – he lost five times last year. Oh, geez. Um, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed he hasn't fought since August. I know, right? Maybe the doctors <laughs> finally told him, like, your brain needs to chill. Uh, how can I pick this guy, Marcel? This guy is, like, again, I, I, the record is just not impressive at all to me. And then Rebecca, like, is it Rebeski or Rebecca? How do you pronounce it? I always say Rebeski, but I don't Rebeski. know. I think, I think it is, too. The guy looked incredible in Contender Series. Like, tons of experience. He's a guy that's UFC ready. He's been ready for a while. Big power, submissions, everything. Like, no doubt in my mind he wins this fight. He was supposed to fight Omar Morales. That would have been a tougher fight, but I still think he would have won that fight too. No doubt in my mind he wins, Marcel. I think he wins by stoppage. What are the odds on that inside the distance? Minus 185. That's the way to go here. I don't think this guy's going to survive. This fight's not going the distance. Uh, Rebetsky, knockout or submission, either one. What do you think? I'm going with submission, man. Um, do you also know that he changed his nickname? What is it now? It's now Rabisti. Rabisti, oh, it's sick. It's a good first, name. first it was the Chinese, but I didn't think the UFC wanted that. Who's the Chinese? That was his nickname. Yeah, but in in, Pol- in Polish, he said oh, it's I in see, Chinese. I see. So because of the because of his eyes, you know, Rabisti's yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, Rabisti's yeah. a great nickname though. Yeah. So um, I, I mean, he was impressive in the Contender Series. What else can you say? He defeated Rodrigo Lidio. Um, before that, he had very good fights as well, you know, at the at the FEN. I don't know where it stands for anymore, but uh, he had some very good fights there. Um, he's a super, I think he's a, he's a super big prospect in the UFC, to be really honest, man. I think he's really good. And uh, prospect is kind of weird to say for somebody who's already 30 years of age, but he's just... <laughs> Yeah, he just came in the UFC, so I can call him pretty much prospect in the UFC. Not in his career, obviously. Um, fighting Nick Fiore. Dude. And then Nick Fiore getting a, a, a beastie in his debut, you know? I mean, well, what can you say about that? Um, I feel bad for dude. You know, he's in the UFC now, so uh, he, he'd probably jump on the, on the opportunity to get in the UFC. I understand that, but... Uh, if you look at this at his uh, at his fights and the fight fighters he fought before, doesn't really look good for him in this fight. I think, man. Um, yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking Rebeski, and I think he finishes him in the first round with a submission. To be really honest, so uh, yeah. yeah, he wins for sure, uh, and then no doubt he wins. My seven hundred is still. I mean, I think the fight doesn't go the distance, or him inside the distance is the way to go. Yeah, Nick Fury's record's not good. Uh, there's level of competition, I should say. Do you think any other big bandway prospect division could be Umar? I mean, is O'Malley a prospect? He's pretty good, right? I don't know if he's a prospect anymore. He's a contender now. There's probably some guys that I, I'd have to look at the division. The bandway division is crazy. Though. I love the bandway division. <clears throat> Fiori's a late replacement. Yeah, exactly. Um, we talked about that. He's supposed to be Omar Morales. And again, I think Rubeski would have beat him too, right? So, mm-hmm. is he a future ranked fighter? Potentially. I think very, very, very much potentially. Do you guys think Demir could have been a better fit at the PFL? Maybe, but again, he's got some health issues, right? So he can't fight anymore. Ricky Simone, again, is he a prospect? He's been in the UFC for like five years now, right? I don't know if he's a prospect anymore, you know? But then again, I, I don't, I, the, the, the term prospect in MMA is weird because like you have guys like like Marcel, like Rebeski, 
is 30 and you call him a prospect, right? It's, it's a weird, it's, it's weird. And then you have heavyweights that are like in their mid thirties, they're prospects sometimes too. It's just a weird sport like when the term prospect comes into play. All right, let's go to the next fight here, guys. We got Abdul Razak Halasan against Claudio Ribeiro. And uh, this one, really close odds. It's basically a pick em fight, minus 110 each. Flip a coin, I guess, for this one, Marcel. Who's your pick? Um, I, I, first of all, I hope Claudio Ribeiro leaves his entourage in Brazil um, because that really annoyed me during the Contender Series. Uh, the screaming next to it. Hey, hey, hey. I was like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, really fun fighter. Although, you know, he got a very quick win. Katana serves, I think, 25 seconds against Valenzuela. Um, yeah, man. And and the funny thing in this this fight is, like, both guys have a 100% finishing record and all by knockouts, what I said earlier in the podcast. So if you want to bet on a on finish, <laughs> I would go with this fight. And I hope I don't have uh, jinx it now. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Uh, only one win in his last four, and the, those last four are since his comeback into the UFC, right? And uh, he won that against Alastair Di Chirico. I think he had a close fight with Buckley last time. I could have gone his way, didn't went his way. Uh, that would have been a first decision win if he got it, but uh, he, he didn't. Uh, Ribeiro on a good win streak, uh, only two losses in his uh, in his mixed martial arts career. Well, those are from, those are from some years ago. I mean. It's difficult, you know, but if you look at Claudio Ribeiro, he's 30 years of age and Al-Hassan is 37. I still have the feeling that Al-Hassan isn't in his prime anymore, you know, the more I see from his fights. Um, he looked super sharp in the beginning of his UFC career. Then he went out for two years for uh, certain reasons. And uh, he got uh, he got acquitted from that, I remember. And uh, well, since his comeback, he's not. he just didn't look the same, despite that fight against the Kiriko where he finishes him. So I'm thinking Ribeiro here, man. And I think he can he can stop him. You know, he can stop him like Chaos Williams did. So um for I'm going with the first round knockout. I think uh, either if this fight's gonna gonna win. Also, don't get me wrong, Abdul Razak Al Hassan can also knock him out, you know. But I'm thinking Ribeiro here, man. It's a more safe pick, in my opinion. He's a younger guy, he has more up and come more up and coming. So uh, yeah. Yeah, and odds are close, like like, but I'm I'm with you. I'm going to take Ribeiro too because I don't know. Alistair is just not really, and for me anyway, he hasn't really impressed me since he's got come back from the uh, the time off. Obviously, with the uh, false rape allegations, which really derailed his career. I mean, I, I do feel bad for the guy because like it wasn't true and it kind of like ruined his career a little bit. It took two years away and he hasn't looked the same since he come back. Other than that win over Dechirico, which was a 17 second win, he hasn't really looked good. There, there it is, bro. That's... But, Gaslam is out. Yeah, is. yeah. So I'll just tell you guys right now. Marcel told me right before the podcast the fight was going to be canceled. But yeah, I mean, he Marcel already knew. But the thing was, we weren't sure who was going to replace him. And we couldn't say until it happened. So it's interesting. Strickland's in though. I mean, this is a this is a this is an interesting fight. We'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, though, guys. Like, I got I, let me give, give me a few minutes to think about it. Anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We don't have odds for it either, but we'll we'll give our thoughts on that fight. Anyways, Ribeiro, yeah, I'm picking him to win this fight, Marcel. Like to me, the guys look dangerous as hell. And again, I just can't pick Alisson because I just I haven't been impressed with them anymore um, lately. Anyways, so that's why I'm picking this one. All right, let's go to the next fight here, guys. We have Umar Nurmagomedov against Hayomi Barcelos. Odds for this one have uh, let's see Umar minus seven hundred, Barcelos plus five ten. I mean, the odds are really high, but like you can't really pick against this guy, so I get it. He's uh he looks like the next he looks like the real dude, looks like the next big thing at Bantamweight. 
Barcelos is a is a tough opponent for anyone, and he, he did look pretty good in his last fight. But you know, he's, he's an older guy, Marcel. He's 30, uh, 30, 36 this year. Umar is only twenty six. Um, actually, just his birthday was the other day. Okay, so he's twenty seven now. How could you not pick Umar? I mean, the guys looked amazing. Umar Nurmagomedov. The question to me is decision or submission, right? Thinking in decision, but I think I think it's in mid Barcelos too. But decision is probably the safer way to go. Anyways, Umar wins, keeps the undefeated record intact. I'm assuming you're picking him too. Yeah, man. I, you know I love Barcelos, you know, but uh, it would be weird to not pick Umar here. I think Umar has more ways to win. Definitely his grappling will be uh, probably better than Barcelos. So, um, yeah. It's either a decision win or a submission win for me, you know. But uh, I, I feel like Barcelos has shown before that he's super tough, you know. And I feel like if Nate Maness can hang in there with, with Umar, I feel like Barcelos can do as well. So I'm, with a, I'm going with a decision for Umar here in this one. So I'm just, by the way, the Strickland fights at 205, which is interesting. So that's interesting. So Strickland's back-to-back main events, and he barely lost his last fight. Um, it'd be interesting to see what the... Uh, the odds are for this one. I would favor Strickland, honestly, Marcel, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, like he's got way more experience and Umgov's great. But anyways, we'll talk about the fight in a few minutes. I, 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 it just happened. Right. So I got to think about it a little bit. <laughs> Glenn's talking about the uh, Xmas food. I don't know if that's, I think he got injured again. This guy's just not reliable anymore though. Or so I saw your Twitter bio, your freelance reporter. Can you elaborate what's your side job? He works for uh Euro, Eurosport. Talk about it, Marcel. Yeah, I work for Eurosports, like um, writing articles, that kind of stuff, you know, we're helping with uh, preparation for the broadcast on Dutch TV because Eurosport has the rights here for five years. So uh, Discovery Plus actually, but Eurosport falls under Discovery Plus and it's freelance, but I'm pretty much doing that like I'm I'm busy with them the whole week, so that's basically my work now. And I have some side things with um, uh, with another podcast, you know, where I work for as well. It's also actually I got this the same guy who works there as well. So um, that's pretty much what I do. I did the delivering mail before that. So um, yeah, pretty much, you know, not, not, nothing nothing outrageous. Just uh, working, you know, working MMA, uh, writing articles, uh, breaking breaking news, that kind of stuff. There you go. So. Pretty much what I did before, but then I did it for free, you know, for myself. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right, let's go to the next one here. We got uh, Caitlin Vera taking on Raquel Pennington. And uh, this fight also has really close odds. Um, essentially a pick in here, minus 115 Vera, minus 105 Pennington. Um, I, I like Vera in this fight, Marcel. I, I think she wins. Okay. Man. I, you know, I've been impressed with her lately. Uh, listen, the whole fight was close, right? Like, not, it was a convincing win, but the fact she went five rounds with Holly Holm and was able to stay on the feet with her and not really get outclassed is impressive. You know, she did throw some power. She has a good record in the UFC. She's got a good ground game, too. Pennington's really good. Don't get me wrong. Like, she's an underrated fighter. But uh, the one thing that stands out is, the, to me, the 63% takedown defense, that's not good. And I think Vera can take her down. And if the fight takes, uh, stays on the feet, I think she can hold her own there too. So uh, for me, like, I, I've just been impressed. She's a little bit younger too, a little bit taller, a little bit longer. I think she's got some advantages in this fight. I, I'm going to take her to win the decision, Marcel. Give me Caitlin Vera here. I, I'm kind of surprised, dude, because you're always so high on Raquel Pennington. So he's a good fighter. He's underrated. Yeah. But I, I think Vera is, this is a good fight for her. That's what I think anyways. 
Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, Catlin Vieira, she got that uh, huge win over Holly Holman. It was a win she pretty much needed, in my opinion, you know, um, after losing to Irina Aldana and Yana Kuniskaya. I know she won against Misha Tate, but I don't really rate that fight really high, to be really honest, you know, because I think I think Misha Tate is, uh, is on the on a heavy decline. Uh, Raquel Pennington, good good, uh, good streak, dude. Four wins. Uh, only lost to, before that to Holly Holm. Uh, and looks solid in those wins, you know. Uh, she's like but not a really appealing fighter to watch, in my opinion, you know. Uh, a lot of uh, dirty boxing all the time to, on the cage. Not really fun to watch. Uh, but, but she's really decent, you know. I think uh, she came with a negative record in the UFC and she has a positive record now. So that's really good. Um... Overall, I think Catlin Vieira wins. You know, I'm taking Catlin Vieira as well. I'm taking her with the decision, not the finish, but um, yeah, not 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 a fight. Listen, it's an important fight for the division, but it's not a fight I'm really looking forward to, to be really honest. It sounds like we have the same take on this fight. I, I we pretty much agree completely. Um, we'll go to the next fight here. Uh, or sorry, there's a comment here. Who who fights Nunes next? Aldana Vieira. Aldana missed weight. I want to say she missed weight. Yeah, they they uh, catch weight uh, fight. They, yeah, they adjusted it during the. Yeah, that kick was nasty. The one, the body yeah. kick. So maybe I don't know. I think if Vera wins, probably gets a title shot. All right, and then maybe they'll do it in Brazil or something. That makes sense. All right, let's go to the next fight here. Puna Soriano against Roman Kopilov. Um, Puna minus one fifty five. Kopilov plus one thirty five. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's a weird fight to me, dude. I know Kopilov won his last fight against Dikirico, but I think Puna Soriano is in a way different spot right now in my opinion you know i think he's he's super talented but uh sometimes he doesn't show up like in the brandon allen fight in my opinion you know but uh for me like punahela soriano he's a solid guy i think he's a talented guy and uh kopilov yeah he got the win against the kiriko you know although i thought it was a very close fight until that moment but before that against durayev wasn't a great fight although he came back in the third round a little bit and his debut against Robosong was an absolute awful fight you know, so uh, for me, Puna Soriano is going to win this fight, and he knocks him out in the second round. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him too. I've always liked, I've always liked him. Um, the guy's got big power, obviously, pretty good wrestling background too. Like, I just think he's a good fighter, man. Kopilov, like, he has looked better lately, I guess, but like, I, I just still don't know how good he is. And whereas, I think, I, I think Puna is really good personally, and I still think he beat uh, Nick Maximov. I, I, I definitely think he won that fight. I'm just changing the. Uh, the title of the podcast now it's got it got to change it right <laughs> yeah yeah change it in the background like fucking hell man you no know it sucks i wrote my preview for it today for bookies fucking Same. bullshit I've, i also have ah. to change my preview completely now let's roll it this afternoon i was going to send it in tomorrow morning i gotta change it i don't have to tell my boss that i gotta wait for the odds now so bro I had, deal, say, but... I had to say i already also already wrote my preview for 283 next week yeah. and uh, then poteria against shogun was on the main card so i wrote about that and then they changed it with craig against walker i can't change that again it's like <laughs> motherfuckers make your make up what you do that's funny that's funny all right uh let's go for the next one here guys um we got two more fights here on the card all right let's go to this one here we got dan Ige taking on damon jackson ufc featherweight division you know, Marcel, I know you said it's a good fight, and I think it's a decent fight, but like to me, it's not really a co-main event worthy fight personally. Like I think it's a decent fight, but I, mean, I could be wrong. I mean, Jackson's looked really good lately, so maybe the UFC just thinks he's gonna have a breakout performance, which is possible. Um yeah. odds for this one, it's close. It actually opened Jackson minus one minus one sixty. Now it's EA minus one twenty five, Jackson plus one oh five. So Jackson's the underdog here. Um 
I, I guess I'm not really surprised he opened as the favorite because I think he's just been red hot. And if you look at Ige, he's been struggling lately, although the level of competition is just like ridiculously high, right? Like he's fighting like elite guys, top 10 guys, Evlov, Emmett, Korean Zombie, K- Cater. Um, and he's looked good. But like, I don't know, man. Jackson's looked great. Like he's he's proven me wrong a few times. Like the Sabatini fight, I <laughs> Didn't think that would happen, and he wasn't. It just destroys him. Obviously, his brother had died yeah. like earlier in the week. Just used that as motivation. His record in the UFC since he came back is great. It's five and one. He's looked great since he came back. Oh, lost to Tapuria, right? Yeah, it's not a bad loss, right? Nah. So, I mean, I, like he's uh, he's a little bit old. He's my age. He's thirty four. Um, but he's kind of in his prime now. He's he's getting coming into his own a little bit too. You know, as a fighter, more confidence, fighting with more confidence. This is not an easy fight by any means. Danny is tough as nails. He's hard to finish. But I think Jackson can use the grappling here, Marcel, and, and get a decision win, if not submit him. Because, you know, Ige's 51% takedown view. That's just not very good, you know, in my opinion. Like 50% is, he's only stopping half his takedowns, basically. And Jackson's going to shoot a lot of takedowns. Um, Damon Jackson by decision. That's my pick in this one, Marcel. I'll take him. I, I'm, I've got to be honest, I'm a little surprised he's the underdog right now. I, I do think he wins the fight. What do you think? I honestly feel the same way, man. I think um, Ige, I know he got, he fought better competition, you know, yeah. but uh, he got three losses in a row. Um, and he, he didn't look like the Danny Ige that he did before, you know, and to be really honest, that Adson Barbosa fight is also really like 50-50 in my opinion. Um, I also feel Jackson's going to win this one. Um I don't think he finishes him because I think Ige is super tough and he's also very good. He's good on the ground, you know. Um, I also feel like it's going to be a decision. I also picked Damon Jackson in this one, so uh, we're we're even on this, man. Yeah, yeah. So we both have him in this one, man. All right, well, let's get to the main event, guys. And again, like we just found the news, obviously that Imavov is going to fight Sean Strickland instead. So if you just jumped in the podcast, that's the new fight. The two hundred five. It's a five round fight. Um, I was going to pick Imavov against Gastelum. I, I felt good about him there. You, I guess you were as well. Uh, I wasn't sure, dude. Oh, really? Okay, fair enough. Um, this is a good question. What do you think the odds would be? I, I, I don't know. I mean, well, really, I it could go either way. But I, I, I kind of just initially thinking about it right now, like I, I think you have to favor Strickland a little bit. That's my thoughts. Um, the guy's gone five rounds like numerous times in the UFC. He's got great cardio. He's got good striking. Um, he's hard to finish. Good takedown defense. That's that's where I liked Imovov against Gaslam because I think he could have taken him down and really controlled him on the ground because of the size difference. Now he's fighting Strickland, who's like a taller, longer guy like himself. Like it's he's, the advantages he had against Gaslam aren't here in this fight. Again, guys, like I haven't at any time to think about Steve as Marcel. It's just we're just thinking about it right now. But my initial thoughts are that Strickland wins the decision. That's kind of what I'm thinking, especially like Imovov, you know, he did get a little bit tired against Buckley in the third round there. Like that's a little bit worrisome. Um, and the other fights against Shabazi and Heinish, like he took them down, beat the hell out of them, right? I don't know if he's going to be easy to do that against Strickland. Strickland's hard to get, to, I think, take down to the ground. I'm not really sure what the odds are going to be. We'll see what they are, but my initial thoughts are Strickland wins the decision here. That, that's my gut instinct in this fight. Again, it is short nose for him, but he just fought last month. He's always in the gym getting ready and staying ready. And the level of competition is superior in his favor, too. I, there's a lot of advantage. UFC experience. I don't know. The, the, my initial thoughts are strictly wins the fight. What do you think, man? I wish you were again, dude. I feel like uh, Strickland's always ready, you know? And I think it favors Strickland at 205, this one. You know, I think Strickland is, 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 
can still make uh, can still do 205. I know he was at 170 before went to 185, but I think it favors Strickland for some reason, man. I think he is he's massive, you know. And um yeah, I, I feel like a five round. I know it's short notice, but I like I say, say uh, Strickland's always ready, you know. And yeah. um it's a completely different fight than against Calvin, you know, for, for Imavov. And uh Strickland can hold his own, I think. So I would be with Strickland as well. So I would say decision here, but um yeah, cra crazy man. That <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly happy that it happened during the podcast. You know that 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 yeah. came out because uh, I got told. I, I will tell the story. I got told by somebody that 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 Calvin was out. You know, but they got told got told to please don't don't share it yet. So I couldn't do anything with it. You know, but it sucks to do a podcast to talk about a fight that's not gonna happen. You know, but uh, that's I'm happy it's out. And even we got a new opponent for it, so that's even better. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm picking Strickland here. Or 205. Yeah, he's, I think he wins this one. It's funny, though. You told me a repeat before the show, and like, I really didn't know how to react to it. I'm like, oh, man, like this sucks. But, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, my initial thoughts are Strickland by decision. That's my initial thought. But again, you know, we'll see what the odds are like. I, I'd assume they're going to be really close. Not a fire, but fire shouldn't be doing contacts part of a week. I kind of agree with that, too. I mean, the, the, all the work should have been done. So that's, that's too bad. Apparently, took an incidental knee at practice. Okay, that's too bad. Ivanov never fought 205. Most of his fights are 170. Yeah, like well, he's a big middleweight. He's a big. If he fought at Walter before, then he was a big welterweight too. Um, and he did, I think. I know he beat that. What was that guy's name? The Canadian guy, Jonathan Mounier. I want to say that's his name. Beat oh him. yeah, the, the, the spider or what else? Yeah, beat that yeah. guy. Um, who was a welterweight in the UFC. Anyways, yeah, my initial thoughts are Strickland, but again, guys, this just happened, right? Like <laughs> this is crazy. It's happening on the stream too, right? Got some breaking news. Um. Marcus, what's up, man? How's it going? So I picked three underdogs in this card. I picked uh, Damon Jackson, plus 105. I took a long shot at Mendonca, plus 290. And then, uh, what was the other one? Cashewera, plus 170. And Marcel took for dogs. He also took Jackson. So that's the consensus dog this week, Marcel, Damon Jackson. Jimmy Flick. And you took Jimmy Flick at plus 280. So Damn, Juani, that, that's, that's a bold pick, dude. But uh, if I... For uh, if I uh, love to see Heoni get a win, I would love to see it, man, because I think he's an amazing fighter. But yeah, Heoni's so, solid, man. But it's a tough fight. Updates on Brett Martin. I don't know. Like I think he's pretty good, and he probably should be like in the UFC. But I want to say he signed with PFL, and it didn't materialize. Mm -hmm. Is that what happened? Yeah, for whatever reason. What do you guys think happens to Kelvin? I don't know. He's pulled over a lot of fights now, right? Like the UFC likes him. Obviously, put him in the defense, but a lot of pullouts. It depends what 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 happened, you know. If it's something uh, he if he couldn't do anything about it, you know, they're probably not gonna be too hard on him. Plus, he's with Ali, so uh, probably won't yeah, he's with Ali. Ali's gonna make sure he's seen in the UFC. Any idea who, who Hooker and McCann are offered to fight? I mean, I think they should fight each other, but you know, zero idea. Any guess for the main event two eighty five? I think I think the plan is for Jones and Nagano, but I I doubt that happens. I just don't see Jones fighting, so I think probably Nagano. And someone I don't know who would be. I, mean, I, I I'd say Sterling Cejudo. You think so? Okay, that, yeah, that's true actually. Because I, I know that's going to be on the card. I was thinking, I thought that was going to be a co-main event. I, I think they don't find anybody else to be really honest. But maybe I'm wrong. P, I think PFL did sign Kevin Lee, right? Or or did they? Or no? I have no idea. I have okay, maybe that. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I know Ali Abdelaziz obviously signed. That's what yeah. I, that's yeah. what I'm thinking right now. Sorry. Just got a little confused. Ali Abdelaziz obviously used to work for WSOF, which is PFL now. Um, Kevin Lee, 
he might go to PF. It makes sense, right? I, I think yeah. it's, it makes sense. And Eagle FC is not really doing events at, like I, it seems like. So I, still, Kevin Lee can do very well, dude, in the PFL. He's still I think, young, you know? right? How yeah, old, yeah, Kevin's like not even thirty yet, is he? Like, no. let me check. He's thirty. He turned thirty last year, but he's still like good. You know, I know. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't look amazing against Diego Sanchez, but he got. Yeah. I think he got injured during the fight, and uh, man, I, I also feel like you know he kind of had a tough call when he left the UFC. He lost to D Rod on short notice. I want to say, or maybe D Rod took it on short notice, but either way, it was at welterweight. Lost to Charles uh-huh. Oliveira. Lost to RDA. Like these are not bad guys to lose to. He kind of had a rough go. I think. Um, there's probably more behind the scenes stuff rather than performance inside the cage, Marcel, to be honest with you. And also they had that positive test for the Adderall too, which is, I guess, kind of a performance answer, but, um, a few more questions here. And I'm glad I'm going to get to a comment in a second. Do you guys think Cejudo's in Sterling going to happen? I do. I do think it will happen. Mike Russell tweeted, Kevin Lee signed that Kevin did an interview. Says, Talk to people. It makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Do they book a women's title fender? Maybe they could do Nunez and, if Vieira comes out unscathed, they could do that fight, or they could do Aldana. So that would make sense. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, Glenn. You want to talk about the Dana White wife slap incident? I mean, we ha- why, why, why shouldn't we talk about it? Um, it's just it, it's been a week now since it happened. It's just it's just bad. And, and you know the thing is, like all the fighters defending him are just such fucking idiots. Like it doesn't make sense. Like Dana White's not even defending himself. He's like, I fucked up. Like I'm sorry. Like comes out the statement. Like. You just don't put your hands on women, man. I understand, like, his wife slapped him first. I get it. But, like, it's just bad. It's a bad look. I'm not going to defend someone that's hitting their wife. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not my business either. Like, it's it's unfortunate that it got caught on camera. But at the same time, there's no expectation of privacy when you're in public, guys. That's the, that's the thing. You got to always remember that, you know. And if you're in public, you know, people have their cameras, especially if you're a celebrity. So you got to be careful. Um, Dana White fucked up. Uh, he's admitted he screwed up and honestly, like, it's just the crazy thing is like, if this happened to like, just say, um, like the commissioner of the NFL or something or so, like, I feel like he would have to step down from his position. You know, that's what I kind of feel like would happen. But with Dana, it's like, it is, he's kind of like controlling his own, it's his own company in a way. It's obviously not the owner anymore, but like he does own a part of it. And then obviously he's the president of the UFC and, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think if it was like any other commissioner in a sport, like they would step down or would be forced to step down. But I, I don't think we're going to see anything come out of this, to be honest with you. I really don't. I think it's kind of over now, if anything. A- any thoughts, Marcel? Yeah, I want to share my thoughts. Listen, man. Hey, you go to a party at a, on New Year's Eve, you know, you drink too much. You're in a public, you're in a public place. I didn't think it was a private party. If it was a private party, I wouldn't want to know who filmed it. <laughs> um, and second of all, it's just stupid. You know, she slaps him, he slaps her back. Stupid, you know. Yep. The other side is, like, do I say I agree with Dana slapping back? No, definitely not. But the other thing is, women can't expect men not to slap back sometimes you know you maybe have that behavior not to slap back i have the behavior but not all men have the behavior to not slap back you know what i mean and sometimes women take advantage of that it's like i slap you but you're not allowed to slap me back you know but with some men you know and you don't know if you're in that situation you don't know what is happening right there you know and i'm not taking i'm not defending dana here you know i'm just common sense you know if you get slapped by somebody nine out of ten times you probably slap back you know and, but now it's different. It's his wife. It's a, it's a woman. If it's a woman, you know, and you get stopped by her. What should he have done? He should have walked away, probably. 
You know, that's what he should have done. That's what you should have done, uh, what you would have done, and what I probably would have done as well, you know. But you, you're not in that position at that moment, you know what I mean? So it's really hard to to, to say anything about it. The only thing that really bothers me is those fighters who um, coming on Twitter and Instagram is like, yeah, equal left, equal right. Dana wasn't his right to do it. I was like, listen, guys, I understand you don't want to go against Dana, but then just shut up. You know, don't say anything. It's the more, it's the best thing to do. I did it in my life as well. If it was bad for me on one day, thing to say something or good for me to say something, just don't say anything at all. You know, it's about it's not nobody asks you for your opinion about it. You know, no nobody asked me. That's also why I didn't post it on Twitter about it. You know, no Adam asked me, so I give my opinion. You know, but I mean, it's just like everybody wants to like. I'm, I'm not going to say any names. You guys can see it on Twitter and Instagram who's defending him, you know, and it's obviously the guys who expect a, a, a future title shot or having a title shot, you know, but it's just stupid. Just say that. Just don't say anything. And also, it's like private, you know. Dana went public, apologized for it, says there are no excuses for what he did. And what else do you expect from, from – yeah, they can punish him as his, – his bosses, for example, you know, but if they don't, what do you want want us to do, you know? And uh, for the, at the same at the same time, like it, it was pretty funny, man, with TMZ. You're like, were you intoxicated? They now wasn't had 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 the, had the alcohol something to do with it, and then I was like, no, no, it's just inexcusable, you know. So I I kind of respect that, you know, yeah. but uh, TMZ was really throwing a curveball like five six times, and he he didn't take, he didn't took it, so. Um, yeah, it's also pretty weird that they had uh, already a complete interview ready and everything with Dana. <laughs> I know, right? It, yeah. It's like, yeah, like like pre pre kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, just some real weird shit happening in MMA right now. You know that, and a lot of other stuff as well. And uh, that, that stupid slap fight, power slap. I I can't stand it. You know, um, do whatever you want. But I really hated that they promoted also on the UFC pages because. I obviously follow the UFC pages for for info for you on UFC fighters clips. You know that's fun. I don't give a shit about that slap fighting. It's not even a sport, man. You know, yeah. it's like two fat guys slapping each other. It's like it's like <laughs> I'm slapping myself. You know, it doesn't make sense. And they are not even slapping; they are palm striking. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just stupid. You know, it's like uh, it's like free C CTE. You know, definitely. You can't like you're not supposed to move your head. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like when you think about it. Um, this is an interesting comment from Glenn. Apparently, ESPN told their reporters not to talk about it. That's what Jeff Wagenheim said. He's an <laughs> ESPN guy. Um, he's like, he's like, we were instructed not to like comment on this, which is interesting. I don't even think ESPN or Disney even commented on, which is interesting too. Anyways, I don't mean, I honestly, Marcel, like, it's you know, it's it's a it's a messed up situation, but. Uh, it's, it's, it's just we all know it's not good, but we all at the same time we we don't know what we would do if we're in that same situation. You know, I now yeah. say I would walk away. You would say you would walk away, obviously, but when certain yeah. things are in place, you you, you can't really say you're on one hundred percent. You know, but obviously it's not good what yeah. you did. I just know? don't get that drunk anymore. Like I've I've been through that. Like I've, I've never been. I've never been drunk. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a control freak, so I've never been. You've never been drunk, really. Yeah. I mean, I used to, like <laughs> during my college days, like, all the time. Like, I don't, I don't really drink that much anymore. I'll have a beer occasionally, but it's just not for me anymore. You know, you go through those phases in life. I, I don't really smoke weed anymore either. Like, I used to smoke every day. I don't smoke at all anymore. Just go through different phases in your life. Like, you know, Marcel. And for me, for like sure. right now, I just I prefer being 
sober-minded for the most part, you know? Like, again, I'll have a beer once in a while, but I don't get wasted anymore, guys. Damn it. Someone's saying I'm 55 years old. Like, I guess you can still party, but, like, I don't know. I, I told you in another podcast, dude, if you are rich and you are powerful, your boundaries are getting a little bit fake sometimes. You know what I mean? So uh, when you're, <laughs> I think when you're 50, you probably think you're still 18 if you have a lot of money and uh, you can buy everything and you have a lot of power, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's it's just not like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, dude is, dude is loaded. So, yeah. Yeah. Chris Rennie had a great follow of the whole situation with Dana Disney. Yeah, Chris is a good dude. I actually had him on this podcast like three years ago, I want to say, when I did it by myself. He came on once to talk about his book, The Art of, I want to say it's called The Art of Violence. I want yeah, to say. He, lives, he lives in Denmark now, right? Yeah, he's, he moved. Uh, he used to live in New York. But yeah, he came on the podcast once. If you guys want, you can, it's on this channel. Like, I want to say it was in 2019, maybe. Whenever his first book came out, I had him on the show once. Maybe 2020, I can't remember at this point. But yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, John said he's never getting in trouble. Yeah, I mean, no, no doubt. Thoughts on Tabura Imovov? I even Ivanov fits perfectly on that February fourth card. That card, that saying. fights, that's a shit fight. Hey Steve, definitely for sure. It's an older podcast. Um, let me let me see if I can find the link for it, man. Mm-hmm. Which I also, to... while you're searching for the link, let's let's talk a little bit more about what happened in MMA, dude. Um, Phil Baroni, man, what the hell, you know? Yeah. Okay, so that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we'll talk about that one sec. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we link. go. Here we go. We got a rah, 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 rah. Easy Okay, here we go. I'm going to send a link to the guy. So this is tw- oh, 2020. Okay, so yeah, this is three years ago. Three years here's, ago. Here's a link, Stephen. Here you go, buddy. I think it was at the end of the show. I want to say we had... Uh... Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can you can highlight that link yourself and, and, and copy and paste it. Uh, let's we'll talk about the Phil Baroni thing really fast for sure. Um. Uh, horrible, just just horrible, horrible news. Like we knew Phil had some issues. Obviously, he definitely is a guy that has CTE. I, I think that's pretty clear. But like, it's not like everyone with CTE has murdered their families. Like, there's been some people, obviously, like Chris Benoit, he murdered his family, and there's there's been some others, and a lot of people have killed themselves too, which is just horrible. But yeah, the story is just really fucked up. Um, it's it's horrible. I I mean. Feel horrible for the the woman who was uh, killed. Um, yeah, it looks like Phil's going to be uh, behind bars for the rest of his life. I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty sad way for him to uh, to end his life. But I mean, you, you can't kill people. Mm-hmm. I think he was really he was on drugs and alcohol at the time, I believe too. Right, so it's just a, a fucking horrible story. He said that according to him, like she told him he cheated on her, and I think he like pushed her down in the shower. She hit her head and didn't wake up. We don't know if that's really what happened, but uh-huh. day, he, he admitted to pushing her down. He admitted to hitting her head. If he was smart, he wouldn't have said anything and just would have waited to have a lawyer there and, and been advised. Like that's you really shouldn't. I'm just saying, like you not you should have a lawyer there if you're going to answer calls. Even I don't know if it's different in Mexico, but in the states and Canada, it's like you're right, you're right. It's like and one of them is to have a lawyer present. And like I want to, I watch a lot of like police stuff on like YouTube and stuff, and like they always advise you like have your lawyer there and and he didn't and he told them everything so i he's probably going to go to jail for the rest of his life it sure seems like it Marcel. it's just a horrible story it's so sad and john thinks he's gonna well he doesn't think it's gonna last long yeah very possible also did we talk about stefan bonner dying i don't know if we did no. I mean, that's another thing that happened i mean that's horrible and, and stefan like that, i guess that was the end of the last year um 
a legend. To me, to me, he's a legend of the sport. You know, for me, he's a legend. Um, the Forrest Griffin fight, one of the best fights of all time. Also, the, the Christoph Sosinski fights were both great fights, too. That second one where he did that thing where he's like this, where he finished him. Remember that fight? That that was an amazing fight. Um, I love I love watching him fight. He he also was a guy that probably had TTE and was dealing with a lot of mental health issues at the end of his life, which is sad. Um, another guy that had a lot of um, uh, substance abuse problems. There's that, there's that video you can see where he's passed out in the car, DUI. You know, so it's just sad. It's also sad that, you know, he died while he was at work. Like, the fact that he's still working a normal job after all the fights in the UFC and Bellator is sad, you know? But uh, that's the kind of sport it is, you know? Like, these guys aren't – they chew them up and spit them out in the sport. I mean, man, so many died recently. Adilov as well, who fought one time in the UFC, right? Uh, Abdul Karim Adilov. Yes, he was, all, I, was he murdered or, or what? Yeah, I've heard a story, but I, it's not really safe to share. So I'm not I understand, that. understand. Uh, but yeah, that, that's another uh, – really surprising he fought one time uh in the ufc too so like a lot of and then obviously last year we had rumble passing away um we had what about uh victoria Victoria lee at 18 victoria lee also passed away so the victoria lee thing guys like it's not angela lee wani it's victoria lee angela lee is her sister um is it is it is it public what happened to Marcel? Or? No, it's not. The only thing that really bothers me is that people are going to speculate on the internet. The, the, the problem is people are speculating, saying it was because of the vaccine for COVID. That, that's the mm. problem for me. That's not what happened, guys. All I'm going to say is you could put two and two together. You Most know, 18 year olds don't pass away like that. You can just put two and two together. You know. You, you, you know what it is, Adam? For me, it's like if you're you can be pro vax, anti vax. I don't care. You know. But yeah. if you 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 gotta have respect and just not speculate under something that you're not sure about whatever happened you know it's like oh was she vaccinated or whatever don't do that man you know yeah. if you don't know it's just about respecting and you can have those thoughts but keep them to yourself you know and i don't i don't say i'm pro or anti-vax you do whatever you want you know i don't judge you at all you know but under a story where where, where basically a young woman almost a child 18 years of age died you know you gotta have some more respect, you know, and uh, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't. How do you say that? Uh, try to get your story out. How you think about pro facts or anti facts? That's really stupid, in my opinion. You know, and you can be whatever you want to be. Don't get me wrong. If you're pro facts, you have my blessing. If you're anti facts, you have my blessing. But uh, just have some respect, you know. Absolutely, I think that's a good way to end the podcast here, Marcel. So let's, we're gonna end this podcast, guys. We're gonna do another one in a minute here. We're just going to do some predictions and stuff. It'll be a short podcast, but Marcel, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at BigMarcel24. Me on Twitter at MMadamMartin. I'll have my best bets coming out this week on bookies.com. Also, at MMadamMartin.com, all your news and, and odds. And then MyMainNews.com for some uh, UFC news and stuff I'll have there as well. So thank you guys for joining the podcast today. and We, we enjoyed uh, talking about um, UFC uh, Vegas 67, Strickland versus Imovov, <laughs> the new card. So that's interesting. Um, and we're, we're going to we're gonna start a new podcast in a minute. We're going to do some predictions for 2023. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you in a minute if you're going to join us. If not, we'll see you guys next week. Take care and see you soon. Bye.